welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm going to be quick because I've used my voice a lot this week on set. I'm going to talk a lot in the near future. And then, you know, again, when the film comes out about the time I had on the set of Haunted Happy Hour, just unreal. But I've got a long episode for you. And today I just wrapped my part in the movie. So I'll I'll reflect and hit you with a, a little bit more next week in the intro. But amazing time. Uh, also, since it's the last chance you're going to get, unless you listen to it later in the week, in which case you don't have another chance, if you have not gone to Creative Loafing's Best of the Vet, Best of the Bay and voted for the Jeff Macalino podcast to be the best podcast, the link's in the show notes below, and your vote is very much appreciated. Uh, and lastly, let me talk about this episode. It is with the wonderful... Luis Garcia, who uh, he and I talk, uh, we have been back and forth talking since he was on the podcast, uh, episode six, over two years ago. He was my third guest on the Jeff Macalino podcast. I uh, guested on his, uh, the Ponderall podcast last year, but we messaged back and forth uh, somewhat regularly. Uh, so it was good to kind of reunite with him. Hadn't, you know, spoken to him face to face, uh, for a while. Um, I'm glad I had Luis on as the guest because Jeffrey got a little bit drunker than he should have. So I do, uh, apologize for, for two things in this episode. One is I did not realize when I was recording because maybe, my state of inebriation, that my volume on my microphone was really jacked up. So I had to go through this one and edit the volume, uh, the amplification, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully the audio came out okay, but I'm not great at it. And this was not the best week for me to have to to work on that. Um, And there is a point where my inebriation, I literally say something which is not incorrect. And then about five minutes later, I repeat the same thing like it's the first time I said it. Uh, that's relatively early in the episode. I also at one point battled the hiccups, which I do know how to combat, except for, for whatever reason, I didn't just mute my microphone and do it. Just involves like a lot of intense breathing. It looks ridiculous. Luis would have thought I was probably dying while he saw me do it, but I didn't. So I, there, there might be a hiccup or two. Um, I only edited one part. That's the other thing. So this is raw. You know, as far as content, I only edited one part. And that was, I do kind of bash a local uh, restaurant. uh, But instead of keeping a five-minute story about my horrible experience, it was not an entertaining story, to be quite honest. I cut that out because as, as a nominee on the ballot for Best of the Bay, I shouldn't be you know, trying to dismantle these local establishments because of one bad experience I had, even though I've actually had multiple ones when I've been in the restaurant. But hey, the food's still good. Anywho, uh, hey, so it's me and Luis Garcia. 
We talk some, uh, we talk divorce, we talk some acting, we talk some Marvel, we talk some uh, more difficult topics where we're kind of, I don't want to say we're on different sides because I don't really have a, a side necessarily on it, but we have some interesting conversation that I think revolves around parenting children uh, in these confusing times. Uh, so, you know, hey, just enjoy it. Don't take life too seriously. You can see uh, this conversation. I think we both kind of have different viewpoints. And guess what? Uh, I'm pretty sure at the end of the episode, we'd say, I love you to each other. So it can happen. It works, people. Just, you know, be kind and understand other people and realize that not everyone comes from the same background, from the same family life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned for... Uh, well, no, I've got a mid-roll ad. See, this is this is how prepared I am. Uh, and uh, I'll see you real quick on the flip side for the outro. All right, everybody. I am so pleased to welcome on uh, the longest prodigal son for, for yeah. the podcast. Yes. Uh, uh 140 episodes or so apart yeah. from the first appearance been a while yeah luis garcia that's how right are you sir i am good thank you so much for having me back and the last time we talked you were on my show last year yes and, um that that went by fast my, my goodness and i've been i've been watching all your progress with all your uh disciplined week over week episode so congratulations on that congratulations on the ads you've been getting and congratulations on the acting like mr hollywood over here uh acting, <laughs> acting glory that's awesome that's all really cool stuff like you have to be excited about all that i i am but i'm jaded at the same time oh yeah oh yeah that's that goes without saying uh the jadedness um <laughs> we we took a family like we're in a place now you know being divorced like you are you go through the highs and lows of it you know it's like you have the low points you have the high points you have the times when you're getting along with your ex and making it work and then there's things that come up well at the beginning of the summer that was probably the highest we've ever been we we took a family trip to Disney for seven days together and with the, um, ex? with the ex when we stayed in a hotel we flew, flew down together and things were never so volatile that that was not a thing but you know I was feeling pretty good uh down there I was like this is you guys have put in the work um but then of course it also opened up I just thought just so mental like just coming back and then coming back to a quiet house after a week of being with them and uh, a new apartment and just like back to the routine of things. It really got me thinking uh, it's time to, it's time to really put your money where your mouth is, you know, like Jeff, like Jeff committed to the podcast weekly. Uh, and I really wanted to start getting back into like the performing side of things. Uh, so I joined an improv class and that's been going so well and um got back to the podcasting and then I, I started thinking you know there's really no we've talked about this before but there's a surprisingly 
low amount of support from for single dads of divorce. There's like tons yeah. of resources for women. You know, our country, the judicial system favors women because you know the bad apples have made the good apples look look bad. You know, like you know the laws favor females, and that's a whole other argument. But I thought I haven't really written about something that touches home and 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 painfully so so i wrote a, i wrote a really uh quick 90 page screenplay um comedy about a guy that starts a support group for divorced dads in his in his um in his new city basically just does it on a whim and in the screenplay it becomes this like national <laughs> phenomenon he doesn't know how to handle it there's like different yeah. <laughs> yeah there's different chapters of of the it's called the, the movie is called when i'm down and his foundation is called the when i'm down foundation for you know for divorced dads uh for divorced men and it starts to take off and the the whole the whole premise is written uh kind of like a, a social network because he's in a he's in a trial basically because one of the members in another city after some advice on the show took his life like and they were like you know they're investigating whether or not he crossed any like ethical boundaries by not getting this person help and i just wrote it on a whim and i wrote it um based on the friends that i've had that have dealt with it and then i started writing it based on different times of my life you know we're, we're going on 10 years now since the divorce and you know when you're a, new, a newly divorced dad and you're getting used to that schedule with your kids. You're like so energetic, you know, yeah. so you're still trying to learn the ropes. You want to have your house pristine. You want to have their rooms or their rooms pristine. You're buying the groceries. You're talking to the mom. Like, what are they like? And then you're dealing with like that trauma at the drop-off week after week, you know, like the house is empty. And then when you, you know, when you, as you get older, about five years in the divorce, well, it's kind of like clockwork. Like you have your routine. They have their routine and just like, you know, everyday kind of family life. And then things get more complicated as the kids get into junior high and high school. And I, my daughter's going into high school now and has her learner's permit and going to school dances and all that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, me and her mom have different viewpoints of those kind of things. I'm a little more lenient because my parents weren't. She's a lot more guarded, and rightfully so. Can't blame her. Uh, all moms should be. My son's going to junior high. So what I decided to do is base, base the, the four characters kind of on different levels or times of what I've experienced. Right, we have right. a new, yeah, we have a, new, a newly divorced dad. Little kids, he's about six months in, a complete panic. We have a more settled dad about five years in. We have my current situation about 10 years in where the kids are you know, going into high school and junior high. And then I re I kind of pre-wrote an older character uh, about 10 years from now when his, when his daughter's about to get married um, and he's dealing with that phase. And so I submitted the thing to Coverfly, uh, the script, and I got like within their 30, top 30% of uh, rated screenplays, like out of 140,000 projects, my script is in the top 30% of comedy dramas and so i've been thinking like i really want to develop that you know and have that i, I kind of want to just have it as my first like actual 
feature film that I uh, get done here in Spokane and, and get it done right. And of course, we have the strikes and mm-hmm. all this stuff going back and forth, but there's a lot of really untapped potential into that kind of market and and the fact that we're not really represented well. And I don't, you know, I, I can't say that, and I can't argue that, yes, the judicial system favors women over men. I mean, I think that some some states are are different and I'm not too jaded with that kind of thing, but I've heard some horror stories, you know? I mean, with, with, with divorces, I, 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 it's not, it's not to enforce the patriarchy, but yeah, they, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not always easy. You know, I just like, it's, this kind of thing is something that doesn't, it doesn't go away. Right. You just, you just learn to deal with it. And then when you bring, you know, uh, another party into the mix we haven't been there yet like an official uh stepfather or stepmom or in my case two stepdads that hasn't come up yet you know like seriously in the last decade uh which is you know neither neither here nor there if it ever does it's going to cause you know obviously more conflict and i think it's just humans being human anytime that someone new is added to the fold yeah cause conflict so i added i added that one in one of the characters um the one that's five years in his his wife is about to get remarried and he's struggling you know you know and i i don't know if this this helps with your writing or not but Mm -hmm. i have a strong philosophy yeah that i've developed of adults are just kids who know how to not die (laughs) <laughs> yeah and know how to they know how to drive a car <laughs> well yeah 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 we 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 learned how to drive cars some of us <laughs> right <laughs> better than others generally men better than women but I yeah just, <laughs> we can get that. that's fine that's a, that's a stereotype <laughs> i'm comfortable but, with <laughs> but but uh, but but you know it's just we yeah we we've experienced life so we're more wise but doesn't mean we're smarter no it just means we've gotten bigger because we've gone through puberty we've gotten fatter or taller whatever the hell science has gifted us with because you know that that's all luck too like how tall you are how yeah well i mean how fat you are maybe is partially my fault your fault (laughs) you know but, but that that's besides the point but but you know, it, it it it's just being an adult just means I learned how to live past you know kids' age. Yeah, it, it means like I don't electrocute myself. I keep <laughs> no. my I keep myself alive. I keep the kids alive, and then and then you know after the Disney trip, I went through this whole meta thing of like you know I saw people looking at our family. You know, the, my my ex wife is white. The kids are mixed. They're beautiful. And I saw people looking at our family and smiling and, you know, like how cute that family is. So I'm like, if you only, if, you know, I wanted to break the fourth wall, I'll be like, look, yeah. I if you only knew well, the fuck things <laughs> <Yeah>. were. <laughs> if you only knew the, the hard work we put into this, you know, we're going to earn this. And, you know, we still had little breakdowns once in a while. I, I promised myself I would not get going be at Disney, but it happened once where I was trying to get my credit card into the damn app. The kids were like, let's go to the rides, you know, and I finally was just like, fine, let's just go. And 
obviously overreacted and then it got quiet. I'm like, okay, you, you just brought down the mood. But that was like the extent of it. You know, there was no arguing or screaming or nothing like that. I did see other couples. I passed one dad. He had like two toddlers and a like five-year-old uh, in a stroller. And he was like on the phone, like scre- screaming at his wife, like just drop an effing pen. We're lost. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be able to, uh, what I try to do with when I'm down and what I'm actually trying to do with like making this a real foundation is just get to the nitty gritty and not do the, the paper cutter self-help books of, Oh, you can be a, you're still going to, you know, love your, the mother of your child. And as long as the kids know that they still, you know, that's all real and, and, and accurate. Right. But what about the day to day, you know, the day to day of like feeling like complete shit over the whole thing. And then having weeks where you don't think about it and then something comes out of nowhere and then you do think about it. And then you're trying to wrestle with like, am I giving the kids enough attention? Like I got this bigger place to make sure my daughter had her own room you know, and it's more expensive and I don't mind it. And I love helping her decorate it. And I love all that. But like when she's not here, it's like the dog is going and scratching at the door and it's heartbreaking. It's like, they're not here the majority of the time. And I think men don't have enough resources to deal with that. Like on a, on a general level, like we need a story to relate to and other men to relate to, because that's a lot of time to fill right between every other weekend. And If you're not feeling it with like work, trying to be as healthy as possible, trying to, you know, improv class, like trying to get out, walk the dog, there's a lot of time to get into trouble and fuck up in that, in that, in the midst of all that. And I've had my ebbs and flows of working too much, partying too much, hooking up with everybody (laughs) with a heartbeat. I mean, you name it, you know, but like, I, I finally came to a realization that I think, I think this would do really well and so I'm trying to gather stories and talk to my friends like yourself that are dealing with it and you know I have friends that have completely succeeded I have one friend who me and my ex weird me and my three friends went through divorce at the same time within a couple of months and there was one morning where I woke up so hungover on my friend's couch and then my other friend was on the floor hungover and then another friend was uh, in a rocking chair and we just it, it must have smelled like a distillery in there because my one friend who owns the house uh who worked overnight uh daniel uh, we were all staying there and you know giving him a couple hundred bucks he was loving it because he had all his buds over right but he was the stereotypical single dude he comes home one morning and gets a whiff of the booze and sees all of us in a sad state and he's like oh fuck no 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 we're not doing this this is not going to be a regular thing you know this is a tuesday morning <laughs> so uh i've been kind of gathering and journaling all those experiences and and you know taking taking the worst part of it and representing the one character who does commit suicide that happens all the time in our in our community in our situation i think that that's important to uh address address the reasons why and that kind of starts the whole you know he, he flashbacks to how it all began and then we catch up to the story and then we end it. And uh, the feedback I've gotten is it's very heartwarming. Laugh, you cry, you laugh, you cry. But it's also a real, very realistic portrayal of of what it's like. And it's messy. It's not perfect, you know. No. But 
it's that's really where we're going. fucking messy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And yeah, that that's that's the the literal. Uh, yeah, that 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 hits me in my heartstrings because I'm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the weekends I don't have my kids and I, you know, FaceTime yeah. just. Yeah, it's it's I'm rough. Like, hey, what's going on? Just yeah, wanted to see your face. Uh, yeah, want to hear. Want to hear your voice? How old are your kids? Uh, right now my daughter is thirteen. Oh boy! And my son is ten. I, I I think they're actually pretty close to your kids. Yeah, yeah. My son is twelve. My daughter is fourteen. We went and saw Barbie yeah. last weekend. My daughter got dressed up in pink. I wore my pink a pink shirt. How 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 was Barbie? Again, either either I'm going through a midlife meta crisis or I'm a big softy, but I cried the whole pretty much the whole fucking movie, just I, like a complete I, mess. <laughs> I cry a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. Did you see Guardians Not, of the Galaxy three? Yeah. Oh my god! Wow! Like yeah, I didn't. I, you know what the worst thing is? Is my son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's close to eleven, but he's ten. He turns and looks at me to like see if I'm crying, and I'm like, oh, yeah. "Fuck you!" <laughs> My son does that too. He 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 looks, and he but he's very sensitive little boy too, so he cries all the time. Oh no, my my son's like that was emotional, and he'll turn and look at me, and I'm like, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> yeah, I think it's good that they see us cry. I I, I remember. When I saw my dad cry, you know, don't forget, you know, us, we were, we were raised by boomers, right? So men showing emotion, we thought it was hilarious when my dad cried because he would try to hide it. So we'd be watching a sad movie and we knew my dad was about to cry because he would start, you know, he would start doing this whole thing just to keep that shit in. I I, I do the, I do the, like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I just like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crying. Yeah, but Barbie. I'm not crying. I'm not crying. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Barbie had a a sense. Barbie had a sensitivity to it. Uh, I think that the world in general, and the fact that it opened up with Oppenheimer, you know, it's kind of the yin and the yang, right? Like the studios are so fucked right now, incredibly fucked. You know, like. Oh yeah, I li- want to talk to you about the MCU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But They're fucked too. Please. <laughs> well, I mean, what's happening with the with DC and like these big tentpole films is not only are people waiting for it to drop on a streamer because it's so much more convenient, but they're just not, you know, Top Gun Maverick, those kind of movies get people into the theater, right? Oppenheimer, Barbie, uh, uh horror films like Talk to Me, amazing. I, I just saw that great, great film. But those are so far too, you know few and far between that everything else in between is just not getting the audience there and like the flash for instance huge budget i loved it i thought michael keaton as batman oh my god didn't make the I money didn't, I, I didn't go see it and i'm kind of regretting it <laughs> it's good it's, it's probably playing at you know florida has a second run theaters i'm sure it's there somewhere <laughs> we have we have second run here too so but my my point is, is like the studio's are, are just so screwed right now. They have to really come up with something clever because like movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer and the marketing that they did opening up, opening them up together is basically keeping things afloat while no one's working right now. Like 
my friends in LA are not working. They're wondering about rent and, you know, food and yeah, they rely on this like production assistant work and writing assistant work. And it's not an easy gig. So I think the, the optimism that Barbie provided and ironically the cautionary darkness that Oppenheimer drilled home. I mean, that movie, the, the last 10 minutes, you just sit in there completely horrified about what humans are capable of. It's really bad. Like Barbie goes to the extreme that shows you how positive we can be. And Oppenheimer was like, this is how fucked up we can be. And we're capable of both. And that's that's a terrifying thing to come to realize. And the genius of those two levels opening up the same weekend, I think was very smart. Like the, the marketing behind those was smart. They just have to keep repeating that. So what I think is going to happen is we're going to see a lot more huge tentpole films come out same weekend. MCU, I don't know what they're planning. I I've, don't. Yeah. Have it's, you have you watched Secret Invasion? Um, I know about the ending um, because I had a feeling and I saw something on TikTok where, you know, Brody, you know, Brody comes out as a scroll and um there's a new character who kind of beats everyone's ass at the end she's like a like a captain uh marvel marvel yeah yeah so i saw some of that but you know this this leads into the marvels right in november this show leads into that it does it i don't know i don't yeah. I, I don't know if their writers are connecting with each other yeah like, i think you guys it's like experience. You know, yeah, you got your thing, I got mine. But but Nick Fury is in both Invasion. Right. Yeah. I don't think Samuel L. Jackson gives a shit. No, I don't anything. think so. He looked I saw the first few episodes of Secret Invasion and I thought the tone was so weird to me. It was just off. You know? I was like, this is not like a Marvel show. This is weird. I was I was so hoping for for something that didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. So did you watch all of the episodes? Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? I uh <laughs> I wish there was more uh, coherent connective tissue. Yeah. I, I I think the problem with Marvel is that almost everything they've done in the past two, three years, aside from Guardians Three, which I think was actually a good you know beautiful beautiful movie. Yeah. Uh, I think everything else they've done is like a commercial for what's coming next. Yeah, it's like we can never just relax and enjoy it. It's like, yeah, it, oh, it, guess yeah. what's coming? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's never here is a, a a great product we're presenting you. It's here's a commercial for what's coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it got a little old, that formula from... The first few phases got old and they need to, they need to do something. They need to, I think a, a phase of just original films that don't connect would be way more interesting for a little bit. Yeah. Um, just like original, you know, we need to see like Shang-Chi too. That doesn't have to necessarily connect anything. Why not just give them a standalone adventure? Like that was a great movie. And the Eternals, the Eternals was not a good movie at all. They should have. Yeah. Like. Bring if you're gonna do another one, make sure you amp up the stakes. Um, Guardians Three was great because it focused on one character, right? It focused on Rocket's journey, and it was like a love letter to Peter. Uh, that movie was like 
all anti-animal abuse and it was but so yeah, sad it, 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 no. it left, but it, at the end of the episode it left all of the characters with a clear ending know, trajectory peter came back to earth yeah uh nebula and drax were were parenting the the orphans yeah that was so cute so rocket and Groot were were the new generation of the guardians yeah i, I you know it Everyone had a, a, a you know, a something to do. I think that they should do uh, a show on on Disney Plus uh, called Gramps and Quill or Quill and Gramps and just do two seasons of Quill at home on Earth sitcom style. I think it'd be hilarious. Just him readjusting to everything he's missed and his dad, his granddad trying to catch him up. That would be cute and funny. You know, I mean, he should, he should still- be hosting a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could still have uh, enemies and villains in that setup too. Hey, you know? hey, Steve Rogers, how are you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Steve, old as hell. <laughs> you would think that they would want to do something playful, like like WandaVision was so playful and so fun. You know, that was so good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I I I do think the ultimate problem with the MCU right now is that it's all commercials for the next mm-hmm. yeah they just won't they just can't like you said they just can't yeah, relax it, it, it's not, uh, we're we're not trying to make a great product we're trying to create a commercial for <laughs> the next thing yeah yeah like, it's, but, it's... but we're we're sick of waiting for the next thing just yeah. give us something good yeah and they they invented right they invented the 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 post credit phenomenon where no you just spent two hours you know a traditional film should satisfy you in two hours and you shouldn't have to wait to see what's poking around next after the credits like ooh, what's and that gets old and now what's happening is other other franchises have started doing it godzilla started doing it and that was awful like I don't care about Godzilla and King Kong and who else is going to come up from the ocean in the next monster verse or um, a lot of these, a lot of these <laughs> films. Monster come out. Yeah. It's just like, not everything has to be a goddamn franchise. What about, and I think that's why Oppenheimer and Barbie, God forbid they do a Barbie too. I really, there's no point. I mean, the, the ending was so brilliant. There's no reason to do another one. Oppenheimer, we all know how that ended. There's no reason, there's no sequel for that coming. Um, Top Gun 3, maybe. I doubt it, right? That was a brilliant ending. There's no need to, you know, that was like a, that was a modern meta film, you know, and now everything's trying to be multi dive, you know, dimensional and seven versions of me and you and in seven different worlds and meeting your, meeting your other self and everything's okay. a multiverse. Yeah, everything's a multiverse. Like, Stop using that as an excuse to bring back nostalgia and just like write more cleverly. Don't use it as a trope because the Flash did that. They did this this whole thing where he was opening up all these portals and then they started bringing back every Superman that ever played Superman. And it was cool, right? It was cool to see them. We saw Christopher Reeve. We even, they even show, I don't want to spoil it, but they show the Nick Cage one that never got to be filmed that he popped up. Oh, Oh, I'm sitting there fanboying, freaking out. Like, oh, this is this is amazing. Oh my god! But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, none of that was necessary <laughs> at all. That made no sense. <laughs> but I just think that 
it's a weird time right now for the for studios. I think they're going to go back to doing the indie thing. And then the you know my other complaint is everyone is a filmmaker now too. Everyone's an influencer. Everyone and their mom, and even their mom are now making movies. So the sat- the saturation alone is just so crazy to me. Um, even from when I was in film school, and that was a digital era when uh, everything was going digital. And so everyone had, you know, didn't have to pay for film being processed and it wasn't video. And that just opened up, you know, with technology growing, it just opens up and saturates the market. You know, everyone with a phone now is a famous, it wants to be famous and can be, you know, you didn't even have to have 20,000 followers now, you know, Amazon's paying people with 5,000 followers. They call them micro influencers. It's like <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to be famous. No one wants to do the work. No one to be famous, you know, growing up, when I grew up was you had to have some talent to be famous. <laughs> you had to stand out. And now it's like, yeah, oh, you have a phone. To be popular in social media. Yeah. You have a phone. You have a six packs. You have a six pack. You have a big ass if you're a woman or big, big, huge knockers. Hey, you're famous now. You know, show those babies off and sell some, you know, sell some vitamins for us while you're at it. You know, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like every time there, there's like these huge industrial changes, we always end up going back to the original. Like back when I started doing podcasts in 2010, no one gave a shit about podcasts. Adam Carolla was the only one doing it on the regular, right? Ace man. He's been doing it since Oh six. You know, he got fired, you know, Adam got fired from the radio station from the Z 100 or whatever, or CBS radio. And then he, in pure Adam Carolla form, he just found something new to do. And I remember the early days of podcasting with him. You know, like I was a fervent and devoted listener because he was the love line guy. And I just loved what he had to say, you know, and he still speaks words of wisdom. You know, we talk about Adam all the time. He does not hold back and it doesn't make him a popular person. But my point is now we're all going back to radio and radio was the oldest form of entertainment. You know, our, our, our grandparents were listening to that when they were kids. And now everyone's going back to, I spend the majority of my week listening to Mark, Marin, Adam, and Drew, you know, all my other favorite, uh, what's the guy's name? Andrew, Whiskey Ginger. He, I mean, he's amazing. Like those, uh, uh, Whiskey Ginger is, he's a redheaded kid. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm such a big fan. I can't remember him. Great. Uh, but it's just weird. It, I'm, 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 I'm curious to see where we're going to be in, in two years. And then, of course, you know, if we're not invaded by aliens, because that's apparently the big thing. Yeah, uh, apparently, apparently aliens don't matter. And and no one and tossing him to the side. No, no, I'm. I, it's 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 crazy that no one gives a shit, right? Because when when I was you know a kid, when you were a young person too, like remember Independence Day was like the cautionary. Ooh, we're not alone. This is scary. They're coming to get us V, you know, they're going to tear their faces off. They're going to be reptilian. They're coming for our water, war of the worlds. All this stuff was scary. And now the their government agents are saying, oh, we've been hiding aliens for, <laughs> for 20 years. People are like, cool. Just a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you know? What are you doing this week? A new barbecue? And it's, it's just, the world is so ass backwards right now. Um, and so I just think that the world needs a hug. I think everybody needs to go into their, quiet corner and figure out what they want to do and who they want to be and we need to take a time out yeah reset i just think we need a reset and i'm not talking covid part two i'm talking maybe you know maybe we just all go on strike and don't go to work for a month and 
flip the economy and fuck the corporations over and well, you know I I I I like listening to the Ponder podcast. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I love listening to your show. <laughs> but got the hiccups. This is amazing. I'm having a blast right now watching you. This is great. <laughs> I'll try to edit the the hiccups out of this. But... No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listening to to your podcast, trying to to speak authoritatively, <laughs> is... <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, you brought up some decent points about everyone revolt yeah general strike you know it's like you know when something goes down in france they france they try to change the age to retire they try to bring it up i think by a year so what the workers did is they didn't go to work and they burnt everything to the ground until the government listened the sicilians the italians are the same way you want to fuck with like anything labor yeah they're gonna just not go to work and they're gonna burn shit down my people (laughs) exactly and I think Americans need to have a little more of the French, Italian, you know, the French, no one revolutionizes like the French. I mean, they will, they'll do it for a decade, right? French revolution. Like, I don't even know if that was a decade, but they made some changes, right? So I'm just saying, if we all collectively, and we could just do it by state, you know, the state of Florida, July 12th, 2025, no one buy anything or go to work for the weekend. Just give them a little taste of what we can do. And then we roll over to New York, does it? And then we, if they don't listen, then we all collectively pool our money together and just stop supporting these bastard corporations that live off the backs of the working man. It's like something's got to give because this is going to keep repeating itself every 20 years. That's why this strike with, you know, the WGA and SAG, I don't see that really getting better unless there's a drastic change. And the directors and the producers guilds need to start joining this too and just being like, we're not going to produce work, which means you're not going to get your bonuses. So make the residuals. I mean, the fact that someone works on Gilmore Girls, James Gunn's brother was working on Gilmore Girls, um, and Netflix made millions off the reruns of that, and he hasn't seen barely a penny of those residuals. That's just one example of many actors that get screwed. And yeah, I'm getting, I'm going to get off my soapbox here soon, but I just think that we need to do something. Something's got to give, you know, so Uh, I'm not sure what it's going to take. What was that? You need to get off your soapbox. (laughs) I'm just frustrated, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just rough to watch. It's it's, it's just like, when you see the amount of money, the amount of money and the, the financial discrepancies, right, uh, between these people that make these bonuses, millions of dollars bonuses, you know, and then, but also get the tax write off. Like, how does that work? You make billions of dollars, but you get to write that off or not pay taxes on it. Um, these are the same people voting against student def- debt relief and free lunches for kids. Right, they are influencing that because that means less profits for well certain food I, manufacturers. I, I I would argue. Okay, I like it. Let's argue. <laughs> I would argue. I would argue they're politically in the same realm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and the thing I, is, I mean, is is that not the 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 liberal elite? Oh, of course it is. I mean, that's they're the pro. I mean everyone's a problem but yeah the liberal elites are the ones you know hollywood is super liberal right they're right we're we're holier than thou and fuck everyone else yeah and they've they've created this this how do i put it they've created an industry 
that has these glass walls and gatekeepers and it's it's a it's a special club right so you have to jump like for me and you to go work for you know for i'm not going to say where i work online but for me to get into the tech industry which was something i wasn't a part of i was a finance person right i work in finance and sales but i wanted to work for tech startups so i saw a YouTube video on how cool Google looked. I'm like, I want a ping pong table at work. That's cool. To me, that was cool at that time. I was younger. So I was like, that's my goal. I want to get my foot in the door for the tech industry. So I found a finance job that was a tech finance company and hired me entry level. And I worked my way up to now where I'm uh, managing a team of other techs. That took me almost a decade, eh, about six years to get to that level. And so that's a normal trajectory. Like if you wanted to get into the wine industry well you would find a mentor you would find a wine shop in sarasota you're in sarasota right uh, i'm a little north sir okay you would find a uh a, a, a wine mentor or a wine store you would start being a clerk for them you would learn everything you wanted to learn about wine before you know it jeff macalino's cabernet sauvignon is out in 10 years and you're you got a wine industry that's that's what real capitalism should be if you should be able to get to an industry just by trying and putting your best foot forward the film and te- television industry is like no nope no 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 to be at our level you have to jump through all these hoops you have to go through film school you have to be through mba and they say that you don't right but still only a select few of people ever see their work picked up by a distribution company i mean the 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 chances of you making a successful career in television and film and and any and the thing is it's in in any department like you could say oh no i want to be a makeup artist and that's my way in well no it's not because you have to join the makeup union you have to get on all these projects it's like these these this this whole entertainment industry has built kind of like this club-like mentality and the studios control exactly (laughs) so what if what if people just started taking their money out of that system out of the streaming system and started making local communities and pooling their money and funding each other's projects that way and distributing them through youtube through like online platforms because youtube if you if you notice youtube is being very careful right now they're staying away from this whole sag thing they're staying away from the writers guild anybody on their platform that's a member they're actively supporting and they're actively warning people don't cross that line you don't be a scab don't use this as an opportunity to start doing it for the studios and well, it's interesting you know uh, uh i'll speak against you youtube but <laughs> uh, i've got issues with youtube but oh yeah youtube is not anywhere near perfect but what i'm saying is like there's an opportunity for YouTube to maybe start, you know, I don't know. There's just an opportunity for a conversation about changing the way the system works now. Because if you have if you have a, a majority of your workers not wanting to work because they're not feeling appreciated, and then another version of those employees joins that version, Writers Guild was first on the actors. Well, you don't have a script without, you don't have a movie without a script. You don't have a movie without the actors. You know, if the, if the directors and producers guilds get in on this, 
something's going to have to change, right? And yeah. it's going to have to be beneficial for everybody. And and the financial disparities and and is just overwhelming, and it's disgusting to watch. And um, inflation has been disgusting to watch. You know, I have a whole routine where my kids are coming over for the weekend. I go to Winco. I go down my list of meals, 75, 80 bucks. Boom, we're good for the long weekend. Now it's like 120, 160, double. For a bag of potatoes was two fifty two two dollars and fifty cents. Now it's five five six bucks for a bag of potatoes, and no one can explain why. No one can really, you know, they want to blame Biden. Cool, awesome. They want to blame our our you know, trade industry. Is cool, awesome, but no one can really pinpoint like why this is going on. You know, why is gas stuck at four dollars and something? So, uh, no, here. So no, that's my take on it. <laughs> no, I I don't. Disagree or hate this. If you're, uh, uh, if... Hey, it's me, Sober Jeff, and I'm here to tell you about Xsense. Xsense is an innovative company providing home safety products, including cutting-edge smoke detectors, carbon monoxide alarms, and other smart home security systems designed to keep you and your loved ones safe 24-7. With easy-to-install devices and smart technology, you'll have peace of mind knowing that Xsense is always on guard. As a special offer for our podcast listeners, Xsense is offering an exclusive 15% discount on your first purchase. Just visit Xsense.com, that's X-S-E-N-S-E.com, and use promo code Jeff Macolino at checkout. Protect what matters most with Xsense. If you'll let me entertain you. Yes, please. Here, here, here is a thing that I would mm-hmm. love to get your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Trying to, to process it. <laughs> I'm very drunk. As you, <laughs> as you know. Hey man, there's no judgment here, bro. Like you can be drunk and and we and we can talk and this is great. You know, if if I was this drunk right now too, then it would be a little more problematic. Uh because I wouldn't, uh, you know. Probably. <laughs> Because I, I'll just edit all of this. <laughs> no, please keep it. And you, and you're not. This is great. I think this is entertaining, and it's like I said, it's on par for. So, so I I do think mm-hmm. there is a problem with children nowadays, and I, I again, I'm don't jump on the stupid thing that I say. Just hear me out. Yeah, I I do I do think there's a problem with uh the gender dynamics mm-hmm. that exists in this country uh and uh, you know this is from a lot of talks to my daughter who who's on the autism spectrum but yeah she'll tell me ba- basically a lot of her friends are confused don't know what and they decide they're just gonna identify as the other gender but that that's that's not a fucking thing like that's a like that's generated i i don't again i'm obviously i'm not saying it's not a thing right i'm saying why the fuck are we telling children that if you don't know what you're doing just identify as the other the gender that's your your get out of jail free card for your yeah. awkwardness yeah. um and i'm 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 saying obviously you know i'm not i i i think you know i'm not homophobic 
I don't, I don't, or I don't transphobic or anything. But yeah, I, I get really disgusted when my daughter's like, "Well, the the, the, the uh, my friend is depressed and uh, she thinks she might be a boy now." Yeah. I'm like, "No, she's not a fucking boy. She's fucking <laughs> depressed." But, but stop! This is not a fucking. Why is this a thing? I get so angry. Yeah, yeah. I I can I can see. I don't have like I mean I so my whole take on on the you know and and it's it's so funny that now we have to like tiptoe over everything we say now right. publicly you know and that's that's unfortunate because w- when you can't sit down and have a conversation about it, things that's dangerous like I remember yeah I remember these uh, skateboard punks that my brothers were always in trouble with or always wanting to fight. Well, like 12 of these kids showed up to my house one day, ready to fuck fuck up the whole, all my brothers and cousins. And my dad happened to be home on a whim. I don't know how or why. It must have been uh, angelic direction or whatever. So my dad comes out and he's like, what the hell are all these kids doing here? And he had no idea that we had had these feuds, right? And uh, I was like, well, they're here. They want to fight. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> so he goes out there. He goes, you guys want to fight my my sons? And my nephews, he's like, everybody come inside. Just come inside. So he invited all these young kids inside. And we all sat down. And I was stewing. I remember looking across at this one skater kid. I remember looking at him and being like, after this, I'm going to kill you. Just wait. But you were in my house now. And my dad is like, now my dad's involved. And so the point of that was he wanted to sit down. And he wanted to hear what was going on. He wanted to hear why they were wanting to fight. He wanted to know why we didn't tell him. And by the end of it, it was squashed. Right, it was never brought up again. It was teased about every once in a while. Yeah, if you go to Garcia's, or the dad will invite you in for you know fucking ice cream. Uh, but that left an impression on me that you can have friends of different opinions, and they can be strong opinions. And that opinion can come from ide- the way they were raised. It could come from a personal belief. It could come from something they've experienced. But it doesn't mean that you can't not sit down and listen. And there are limits to that. Obviously, if I was a Black Panther extremist who hated white people. You know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to sit down and want to hear why. And just on the other side, you know, if you were like a white supremacist, like proud boy, I would probably think twice before meeting privately and talking. But, you know, my point is like people are allowed to have their opinions. And now we're living in a world where you're either left or you're right or you're far left or you're far right. And where's the where's the middle? Where's the room for the middle? And I, that's been my problem. That's been my question since 2016. <laughs> where's the? I, I no, I'm not a I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, I didn't vote for Biden in in 20 uh, in 2020. I was so I sick. And but by the way, I I think that's why we we keep being friends. To talk to each yeah. Other. <laughs> yeah. It's like I get why that would upset you i've i've been around i've been around my daughter and her friends and i didn't have the gravity of what was going on you know as a nation with our young people until i said nah that little girl is adorable she's so beautiful you know like you guys are so you look so beautiful together you're going to a dance and she's like no my my friend's trans that's a boy i was like oh okay well first of all i felt like an idiot for assuming the gender but also it was a wake up call to like, this young person is identifying this way. I had my blinders on, didn't assume. 
didn't ask for pronouns, didn't do all that. And it was just like a wake up call of like, man, the world has really changed, you know, and they talk freely with their friends about their dad being gay. And like, but she's like, my friends are talking freely about being gay. And it's the whole world is just like, everything has changed. Everything is like so much more out in the open. But no, but I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, one thing doesn't someone being depressed. are, 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 Are you wrong for being oops? I didn't realize. I don't think I'm wrong for it. I just think it was like, I go into things so blind sometimes just because of my upbringing. And sure. it's it's almost like if something doesn't, if something's not in front of your face and doesn't affect you in the moment, you're not going to be on the lookout for it. Well, so I'm not, yeah. And, and is it, so again, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the same as age as me. So, so you'll either reflect negatively towards the idea or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've i been a big proponent of we should be able to use the word retarded. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't agree. Know. I don't agree with that. But I know that a lot of people feel that way. Right. Well, well and it, the thing is, it's like we used to be like, uh, you're gay, you're retarded, you're gay, you're retarded. And I, I think you're the same age as me. And and look, the 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 other word. Oh yeah, I know what word you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah. The F word. Yeah. 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 That used to mean something come Louis C.K. had a whole bit on it, that. It, 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 it was not a hate word. No. It was and look, I went to I've been to multiple gay bars where the most I've heard the word Yeah, that word. Yeah. Is is at gay bars. And I'm like can I say that? No, I'm not gay, so I guess I can't say it. I don't, I don't, I'm confused. Can I say that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've had discussions at gay bars about being like, is that a word I can use interchangeably if I'm not, no. I'm not being hateful because it's a fun word. <laughs> and, I mean, again, I, I know what you mean. I I don't mean it hatefully. I right. think you understand that I'm not yeah. a hateful person, but I'm like, but it can be funny if you <laughs> use it in the right. So I remember uh had a roommate that I worked with at Barnes and Noble, and we used to say that playfully all the time. Uh, and one one time he walked over to my department. <laughs> there was this kid, uh pretty liberal kid, just like not I not gay not you know didn't identify as any LGBTQIA plus member just like super liberal white white knight savior like I'm you know I'm gonna save the world type kid you know and my friend walks up and I'm like hey you know I said hey you know what you know hey f word so what are you doing here he's just joshing right and that kid was so offended you know it became a thing like he was choose another word I'm like okay I'm sorry. I, me and my friend, we just play and he, oh, that's how you, that's what you call your friends. Like, what do you call your enemies? And it was like one of those things and went to HR and HR, you know, wasn't there to witness it. So they couldn't, they were just like, just don't say it. Just don't say it again. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't mean to offend Steve. Like, God damn well, it, Steve. I didn't know you were gay, Steve. And they're like, no, Steve, <laughs> Steve's not gay. Uh, oh, Steve's just, you know, he's woke. He's liberal. You know, like he's wanting to protect. Okay, I get it, but that bothers me so much more. 
Yeah, but I, I literally meant nothing by it. And that was another life lesson. Like things are changing. And I have a friend when when I when I mentioned woke, I have a friend who I he'll he'll probably listen to this, right? And and I hope he knows that when I'm when I'm saying this, I love him probably more than I should with the shit he's put put me through, especially recently. But <laughs> this is a beautiful person that I met in Los Angeles. Uh, he comes from very famous people. He's very well to do. I made a movie with him. Uh, just a down to earth person, despite all these like physical and financial advantages is just a person like me and you and a sweetheart. So this is, this is rough to talk about, but I, it, it's, it's going to show and prove my point. Uh, there's something really wrong. The pendulum is wrong where people can't talk and that's, it's fucking messed up because this kid was brutalized, attacked, unfortunately by a group of African-American men in Los Angeles. And I didn't know any of this. I didn't even know that he was ironically living in Spokane. I didn't know he was even from here. One day I was on Instagram and he commented, where are you at now? I'm like, I'm in Spokane. He goes, oh my God, I'm here too. And I was like, what? I thought you were living large in Paris because you're always, you know, I'm talking Calvin Klein model, like way up there, right? Oh. And we identify because we have the same kind of dog, right? So Long story short, he tells me this horrendous story. And he's like, he said, I'm all messed up in my head about it. I hate woke. I hate Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, do you think that maybe your correlation and hatred towards those things has to do with unresolved anger and anxiety because of the attack? Like, have you dealt with that part? Because when I hear you generalize and say you hate woke, you hate Black Lives Matter, everyone, everyone part of Black Lives Matter is like a communist. I'm like, that's, 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 that's an extreme. Like you have to, whether you believe in that organization or not, like you just can't generalize just like, I wouldn't want to generalize, you know, they've had some bad financial moves. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. I know, I know all about the houses and like, I'm not a fervent supporter either way. Like I don't support either way. The, the, the idea I am a fervent supporter of yeah the, uh, but not not the profiting off it not the, but not the organization so he's been you know i wanted to see him i know he's in town and then one day he i slowly surely see his instagram posts are getting more heated and obviously i can tell he's been drunk drinking posting this stuff and but one day out of the blue <laughs> he comes at me probably in a drunken rage on on instagram uh why do you have pronouns on your Instagram? You look like an idiot. Uh, just because you like dick doesn't mean you should be a communist. Uh, woke is fucked. Okay, so he's he's just laying into me. And I'm taking it as like, you have trauma in the last year. You were beat probably to the, you know, you were beat pretty bad. I get it. You haven't dealt with that trauma. You're angry. He's like, leave me alone. I never want to see you again. And I'm like, okay, you're you're taking this out all on me for whatever reason. I've never done anything wrong. Angry. Very angry. And so I blocked him on Instagram. I was like, I don't need, I don't need this kind of negative. But then I thought, man, this is like my friend. This is someone I care about. And that's not, that's not him. That that person that was so angry is not him. And I know where he lives in town and stuff. And my one, my other friend from LA, who's also pompous and rich, he was like, Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around him now. He's like Superman at the world and it's not gonna end well for you. I'm like, well, first of all. I'm almost 300 pounds, right? Even if I've lost weight, 
this kid is 110 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> if you try anything with me, I will snap you like a twig. If you if you try violence with me, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> right? But my point is like you you can see someone you care about go through something and fucking politicize it all. And that's so dangerous because that's a friend, that's someone that has seen me through thick and thin and who yeah. knows me inside and out. And I know him inside and out. But his traumatic mind has now gone to this thing we do in, in America as we politicize. Why, yeah, why do you want to politicize your life? Right. It doesn't matter they're, if they're African-American. Or it doesn't matter. So you're telling me that if a bunch of white dudes beat you up, would you hate white men now? Like, I'm I'm confused. Like, why are you taking it out on a whole race? I get you have trauma and you're even admitting that you're messed up in your head over it. But instead of getting the help, you're drinking and to the point where you're lashing out at people that love you and then somehow you're, inserting them, you know, into this. You're inserting evil. Uh, yeah. And it's all evil. Yeah. It's just like, I haven't reached out back. I saw him on Snapchat and I said, jokingly <laughs> i shouldn't have said that but i was like uh what did i say i said something smart ass i was like hey you still uh you still mad at me uh, uh Lu luis i've i've <laughs> got bef before we end this show yeah i've got a super controversial thing that uh -oh. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you okay and you know Tell me to go fuck myself or you know. <laughs> are you trying to are you trying to get canceled this weekend? <laughs> no, I can't get canceled. I'm like Adam Carolla. Exactly. He's uncancelable. He's uncancelable. <laughs> uh, by the way, when, la, la, last time I was on your show, Adam Carolla retweeted. Uh, I know. <laughs> I I was floored by that. And that that tweet got me Ooh. like five. That tweet got me like 500 followers on Twitter alone. Nice. Like I was, I was in shock. And he was like, that's the best. He was quoting you saying, that's the best thing I've heard all day. Your, your sentiments. So yeah. he, he, he uh, retweeted it, right? He retweeted it or something. Yeah, you yeah, retweeted he it. retweeted whatever the fuck I said. I don't. I yeah. Don't. You, you went, you, what you said was like his clear mind, his level headedness kept people like me and you sane during the pandemic because he was the one questioning that's right that's right yes and you were like me and luis garcia on his podcast just talking about that and then adam yes, said yes 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 i and like that's the best thing i've heard all day and then retweets it yeah <laughs> just, no, I mean, i've been listening to the sky since i was like 14 years old <laughs> i know i and 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 you're on the west coast i'm on the east coast so i was yeah. like coked up at two in the morning and and i i i made that tweet and then my phone starts blowing up. I'm like, eh, I'm trying to go to bed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Adam Carolla, what? <laughs> that was a that was a huge move. I've also noticed that um since then, and we can get to your that I just want to show you how like that helped because I have a friend named uh God, what what the hell is he going by now? A anyway, he has a show on Instagram, and I've noticed that the Adam Ace, the Ace Network is one of his followers and they're constantly liking his post. Nice. Well, so, we're, we're, yeah. we're kingmakers. Yeah. We're, you know, it's, 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 uh, I think our time is due. Oh, and I would like once, um, 
once we get the budget for this divorce movie, I would love for you to be one of the characters. We'll we'll talk about that later. Oh, please, yes, thank you. Yes, uh, I can't I, wait. Uh, I I I can't wait until you can watch uh, Women Want Everything to see my acting prowess. I saw the trailer. It looked funny. Like, um, yeah, it, it, it looked like you guys had a lot of fun and a lot of room to play, and uh, that's important on set. You know, I try to play best I can. <laughs> so, so, what's your controversial statement? Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let me think here. Controversial thing. I'll think of something controversial here. All right. Uh, I I do think. I'm not sure if this is a. It's not going to be a very convicting statement. <laughs> statement of conviction here. Right. I do think there is. Okay. Yes. I've I've thought of something controversial. So I'm gonna throw it at you, all right? Because Luis, I love you, bro. <laughs> Same, likewise, love you too. <laughs> uh, I think that homosexuality is a little convenient for kids these days, in in the sense of them, in the sense of the species would not exist mm-hmm. if the percentage of kids who thought oh, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. I don't uh, look. You, you obviously reproduced. I'm not saying that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but I think you know I'm not saying that from a place of hatred. No, I'm saying that the the species would not uh parole. You know, are you are you saying that? It's, uh... That the homosexuality is like a it's trendy now it's trendy yes I've, yes and I, I i obviously you and i are the same age it was not trendy for you oh no <laughs> i i i know that i yeah, know that I, i'm not i'm not i'm not casting aspersions i'm yeah i remember yeah. that kids nowadays are being like Ugh, i'm just the wrong gender or I think that's more of it than gay, to be honest. I think, I think, yeah, I I can see your point because it's 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 confusing. Even it's got to be confusing for parents that are going through that, right? Because you you know, especially of our of our generation, like the the millennial Gen X, you know, eighties nineties kids, right? Like we, I remember being in eighth grade and the first time. A dude made a move at me and I liked it. We would never think about telling anybody. I mean, that was like, nah, this is super on the DL, right? Sure. Yeah. And then now I hear my daughter saying, well, so-and-so, her best friend is gay. You know, they're going on a date and it's like common knowledge. So progress, yes, but I can see where you would be concerned about it being a trend because, you know, I mean, I knew at a young age, what I liked, right. I, I waited so I waited so long because of the religious thing, right? But when you have a, a mind that's still being molded, and you're you're not quite an adult yet, or not quite when you're malleable, and and sway you can be swayed easily. And you know, is it social media? Is it society 
pressuring kids to make a decision when they may maybe not be sure. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough data to back that up. I could see where that would be a concern, right? Because not everyone is gay, right? And then, you know, not everyone is straight. And I right. think that's a very, it's a very personal and special thing when you come to terms with who you are. And it's hard to say if that's the case for everybody that says that they are at a at a at a young age. Well, right? and, and 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 not to obviously I'm interrupting you, but not to interrupt you, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I I think and 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 look, I my kids are very general. Uh, so so this is not like a personal thing for me. My kids are very gendered. You know, my son is very much likes big boobs and and my daughter wants to do theater and she's like eh, some of these girls say they're gay i don't understand it she but she's autistic she doesn't anyways doesn't matter i it's not a personal thing with my kids where i'm like oh, i don't want my kids to be gay i don't i, I don't know give a shit but but my kids aren't aren't yeah but again, it's not a point of pride or d- disappointment. I I don't give a shit. Like you know, you, love you, you love, do yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I, I I'm I think that, and I think you might understand where I'm coming from with this, is that too much of mental health problems are uh oh, just switcher gender switcher this that the other, and I'm like that 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 that's not. A fix that's yeah that's a yeah. that's a uh, that's a band-aid yeah i'm i'm the first to admit like when it comes to um the trans community the trans experience um i've had you know employment resources groups that are are run by my, my trans colleagues and i admitted to my trans colleague i don't know anything about your the culture i know nothing about the history I don't have that experience, um, mostly because of my religious upbringing. It was a no-no. And then more than that being the reason is I've never taken the time to understand. I've relied on what the media has exposed me to to try to understand. So I can't speak to that experience specifically. I do know the gender thing is is a concern with a lot of parents. There are some parents that speak about it with trusted friends and and try to talk about it and try to understand it there's parents that go the other extreme don't want it in the schools or any kind of books which i think you know that's going a little too far as far as like the gay and homosexual side it, it's it's hard it's hard because you want to support young people um but you also want to make sure that they're comfortable in their own skin too and and you know yeah not pressured either way either spectrum gay or straight by society on what they identify as in our world like the getting back to this whole pendulum you know the pendulum has swung so far in each direction but there's no middle point there's no like okay we can we can start from the middle for me the middle is just being a good person that's that's the basics right that's the basics of where you can start and you can have a conversation. You can disagree, even even angrily disagree with your friends at times on 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 subjects. 
But as long as you have that foundation of being in the middle and being a good person, you can always come back to that. And you don't always have to agree. And sometimes you're not going to agree with people's ideologies and people's viewpoints on. No, and on, you don't have to. On where they stand. That's, isn't that what a democracy should be? Is you get to be who you are politically and, 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 and believe what you can believe, but we can still come together in a, in a, in a place of respect. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of influence. There's a ton of influence out there and yeah. some things should be left unsaid, I think. And I mean, not from kids, but from like, not everything has to be tweeted about or talked about. I think some things should be left up to parents well, and kids to discuss. Right. right. And, and and a lot of things should be adults aren't talking about this to kids and influence yeah. kids. Yeah, there's there's a there's a YouTuber right now, um, Colleen Langer, I think that's her name, Colleen Langer or whatever, who had a show on Netflix and had a was on Broadway and Waitress and twenty, you know, millions of fans. And it just came out that she was sending underwear and nude pics of her 14-year-old boy fans when she was like almost 30. You know, it's like, well, that's inappropriate. And like, what are you what are yeah. you doing? What the hell are you doing? James Charles, another one, like dick pics to 16-year-old boys. Like well, yeah. There should be there should be hard and fast general principles. Obviously, that's not a general principle. That should never happen. But something should just be left to the family if the family is you know respectful of their children's wishes and i don't know the media the media portrays well and, and kids don't need to be sexualized no never like that's that's that, that that's a thing that that drove me insane with uh frozen back in the day it's like mm-hmm. oh we need to make this chick a lesbian because i'm like what what, what Okay, that's fine, but she could be a lesbian. But why are you trying to tell my seven-year-old daughter that this chick has to ha- be sexualized? Yeah, just, I thought it was just, a just what what it's it's overreach. It, it it's like no, it doesn't need to. Kids don't need to be sexualized. Kids should be kids. Now look, I I was a I was a ten-year-old. 11 year old kid who who was on AOL and being like I want Jennifer Love Hewitt's boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, That's normal. Jennifer Love Hewitt's boobs. X, yeah, there. XXX Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm like, "Oh, oh, fake fake pictures of her boobs. I didn't know they were fake, but you know, <laughs> my parents well, caught I mean... me with that." Yeah, and, and look, I I will say this. I was overtly heterosexual young boy i Mm -hmm. i don't think everyone is that way by the way i'm like right yeah i was very clearly from a young age hetero yeah i have a my godson one of my godsons is very he's accepting of all but you know he says that he's straighter than a ruler and just loves girls and i can't see him not liking girls and that's fine and i think that kids Kids discovering who they are on their own with the guidance, with the mature and quote unquote appropriate guidance from their parents is totally fine. Like you hunting and pecking, looking for Jennifer Love's Hewitt's tits and, you know, a gay still kid. Look, at the still looking for him. 
Yeah. <laughs> a gay kid typing in Leonardo DiCaprio's ass, who's gay. That uh, yeah, kind of stuff. Fair. That kind of stuff is normal, and that should be private, normal. And there's a certain kind of privacy and innocence about that, right? But like when you throw it down anyone's face, or right, like, and and there's a huge, huge like pedophilic uh, problem within mainstream Hollywood too. That's never addressed and needs to be addressed. And and you gotta watch out for that kind of stuff because they sneak it in. I'll say this too. I'm I'm saying this. I don't know why I'm saying this to you. Like you have to defend it because obviously you don't. This is a stupid. This is this is kind of uh, inappropriate for me to even say. Uh, But the some of the I'm not saying drag queen story hour. I'm saying. Mm Some of the gay festivities uh, that are like, oh, bring your kid to this, and you're looking at a dude in a thong being spanked. Yeah. I know, I've someone seen someone else yeah. in front of children. And it's like, well, oh, now hold on a second. Because as a, as a staunch heterosexual, and I'm not anti-homosexual, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it's obvious. But but as a staunch heterosexual, I would not be slapping a woman's ass in a thong in front of children and think it's okay. Why exactly is it okay if it's a man? So I'm like, uh, no, it's all inappropriate. Yeah, no. I, Why are I, we sexualizing children? And I think you've already addressed it. You yeah. have already addressed it, so I'm not calling you to the carpet. But But it's like... Don't call us homophobic for being like, no, that's not a that that can't that's that doesn't fly. It's kind of like when you see, you know, the twelve year old getting hugged on at Hooters for his birthday. It's like, okay, yeah. like I mean, it's it's. I wouldn't take my son who's twelve to Hooters. I just won't, and I wouldn't take them to a drag brunch either if I knew it was going to be provocative, right? We've right. talked about it. I've seen, I've I've gone to plenty of drag brunches where it's been fine, and then where it's not been fine, where it was like overly sexual. But that's the case for strip clubs I've been to, or right. Hooters. Like inappropriate stuff happens everywhere, and I think as adults, it's our job to figure call, it out, call things out as we see them, not generalize. Like if we are stuck in, you know, I know Clearwater as the first Hooters. I remember going there as a young man and a lot of young men there with their families. Yeah. <laughs> but like I get it. I I I can get those concerns. Um but it's like there there has to be the middle point. It's not it can't be all or nothing, right? It's gotta be like the middle point. There should be some some kind of like check and balance accountability. And I think that that should start at home and the parents that want to regulate not regulate what their kids do and watch should make that decision for their families um and protect your kid at the end of the day and that's going to look different for everyone else right i had i i would go to my friend's house when i was 15 16 because i knew that his parents and he knew that his parents had showtime so that meant that when the lights were off <laughs> What do you think me and him were doing? Well, we're watching Reese's soccer. Reese's on boobies. 
Because <laughs> why wouldn't two teenage boys want to see that? That's what normal, that part is normal. That's innocent. That's the, the kind of like coming to your own. No one was forcing it. We didn't have right. to be forced. I, I went with him to buy condoms, you know, at 15. We went and bought condoms. We, did, we didn't have sex or weren't having sex with girls or boys, but we wanted to know what it felt like to put on a condom. So I remember getting up the nerve to go buy condoms and talking about the experience of putting it on. Like that kind of stuff is like normal self-exploration, self-discovery. Without the social influence. I'm going to ask you this. This is probably the most controversial thing that's going to happen to this podcast. (laughs) And I, I don't, I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna utter the phrase drag queen story hour. Yeah, I I you wanna hear the most funny part about that for me? I never even knew it existed until this controversy started. I no, uh, no, I I I didn't either. But but again, I've I've seen some videos that I don't even know are legitimate. Right. Of men wearing thongs dancing around in front of kindergartners and i think that's i i don't give a shit that's probably like yeah i'm laughing because um the thought of that is horrifying uh i don't even remember what we were talking about we were talking about drag story times oh god yeah and some videos you've seen where there were people in thongs dancing from the kids and how we collectively felt that wasn't cool um right. just like i don't i wouldn't take my 12 year old son to hooters for his birthday you know there's boundaries there's some boundaries out there that we should all feed. well yeah i mean I'll, I'll 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 say hooters really really dulled down the sex <laughs> yeah i heard they dulled down the flavor too <laughs> and the prices uh yeah well yeah the, the flavor's been terrible <laughs> That was the only place that I went to where they put uh, a a plastic bag of ice in the pitcher to keep. It oh, cold. yeah, yeah. It's like this, this is weird. <laughs> That's very ghetto, but okay. Yeah, I it's will... not great. It's not great. Keeps it cool. It doesn't water it down, which is great. So, I, uh, I mean, technically, it doesn't water it down, but sexually, it waters it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what do you got? What do you got going on for comedy now? Are you doing stand up still? Like, what's your other show? Your dad's and drinks. Is that a podcast? Uh, well, it, it it's a television show <laughs> that, uh, according to IMDb, that <laughs> that oh, yeah. airs on YouTube. Um, uh, it, you know, uh, it it it's a fun, uh, you know, uh, it's a fun dynamic for dads who so so part of it is we watch this old canadian show that is completely inappropriate uh called keys to the vip which is basically a a dude's pickup chick show oh okay cool and uh it doesn't age well (laughs) sure dad doesn't the premise doesn't sound great no not great um but we (laughs) So, so from my perspective, is Jeff McAlino podcast has kind of grown to an expansive uh, thing with guests. Where I, I, I'm not saying I try to keep it PC, but yeah, 
so so the dads and drinks show is is kind of a, a a venting where i can be an asshole and uh i i was i i literally before before we came on i was recording an episode of the dads and drinks show and i was talking to jeremiah the co-host of the show and i'm like uh hey i'm gonna air this this uh behind the scenes footage and it's literally me being like yeah i'm i'm chewing it up and he's like i don't i don't think what i said was that ridiculous and literally i said to him i'm like that was the most retarded argument i've ever had with a human adult <laughs> and, i like it well so so i say that as a and i'm like so so i cue this up and i'm like wait a second this is a friend of mine, and literally the behind the scene footage is me being the biggest asshole <laughs> of all. And I'm like, I might have some problems. So later on. Yeah. In 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 general, I I I'm like the the dads and drink show is what I wanted as far as and frankly, this episode is a great example of it where it's like I'm not trying to be charting right you know i'm i'm trying to have a a genuine conversation with people no as a drink show gets extreme sometimes with it's like it's like your version of the man show right uh yes remember that would not air nowadays by the way (laughs) no and and i always sit here and think it should be able to air yeah you and i should be able yeah We'll be the new Adam and Jimmy. Why not? Hell yeah! Right, right, right. I'll be, I'll be Adam. And you'll be Gay Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and instead of juggies, we could have, we could have guys with like, we could have the juggies and guys with like loose shorts jumping up and down on a trampoline. Why not? You know, right? Your your em- embrace your both balls ends. and boobies. Bouncing <laughs> balls and boobies. I'm telling you, that's a that's a great. Uh, business plan for a ship club uh, both having both like they do that in california and it works it's two different sides of the building does it yeah. does it work i don't know it does it does <laughs> well the it's called the abbey and it's like it's a tro it's a it's a landmark right so they have that going for it but both there's one side it's women there's one side it's dudes and you can stumble through the whole thing like a labyrinth I... of sexuality <laughs> I remember one of my actually my favorite moment at a strip club w- was with a gay friend of mine uh and we were coming back Florida big long stay you know oh yeah I've been there <laughs> lived there once we we were coming back from a college football game where our our school just USF beat FSU mm-hmm. in football and we were coming back down but we stopped at a uh, a a Florida famous, maybe world famous strip club. And uh, we're sitting at the table and I'm the only one who's like, I'll take a bacon cheeseburger. And everyone else is like, why would you get food here? I'm like, (laughs) oh, fuck you guys. I'm not afraid of naked people. Yeah, and, and my my gay friend is sitting right here, and he's like, "Ugh!" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Her vagina lips are swinging." Oh, yeah. See, uh, that's and, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, you're right." Oh my god. <laughs> There's a place in Portland, 
Adam, what's the name of that famous strip club that you get steak at in Portland? Acropolis. And I don't Acropolis. know that either. Yeah, and, and it's known for their like I think five dollar, ten dollar steak and 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 amazing potatoes. It's and, not like, a Greek place though. It's a not a Greek place, it's a strip club. Oh, because we've got an Acropolis here, which is like the vendetta of my life. That's oh, really? amazing. Oh my god. Like it. You like Greek food? I I actually love Greek food, yeah. but this place is bane of my existence how long after the birthday party did you get divorced uh three years probably 20 what year 2018 uh no 2014 oh that was the same year i got divorced we're divorced bros we're divorced bros i said that at my first job uh i put that in the script remember yeah we're divorced bros, but I like pussy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're covering bases on both. Every there's everyone's represented, right? I like it. Everyone eats. <laughs> That's what they say. Um, <laughs> I met I met some divorced guy at my new job, and we were going around saying, and he was like, "And I'm divorced," and I was like, so excited, you know, the night more than I should have been about meeting someone else who's divorced. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, divorced bros," <laughs> and like try to give him like a, a bump or something and he was just like uh whoa nothing i'm proud of bro I'm like i'm not proud of it either but i'm wrong no shit happens man yeah it's 60 percent now like the other 40 percent that are together are raging alcoholics so i mean we're well uh, i mean i'm a raging alcoholic so. you're not a raging <laughs> you're not a raging one just a regular i'm a regular alcoholic thank you <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uh, we we heard it here, Luis. Uh, yeah, has heard it first. So I would like to be on this dad's show one of these nights. Is that is that in person though? Are you an in person or you do it through Zoom? Uh we do through Zoom. Oh, well, there you go. I like to invite myself to things. So there you have it. Yeah, brother, you're there. Awesome, awesome. Um, I will keep you posted on that script. I'll let you read it actually. Uh. Let me know what you think. Here, you you uh you've read scripts before, obviously, because you're an actor now. So, I'm an actor. <laughs> uh, I I I I'm on a movie poster. For I know. Uh, uh, I I can't wait to listen back to this uh, this episode covered. When you're editing it, I can't wait to see how you're going to describe it because we went through the gamut. I mean, we talked about everything. Well, Politics, I'm strikes, divorce, you name it. I'm highly drunk, so it'll probably <laughs> all just stay the way it is. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, let me know That's when it airs. I'm going to, we got, speaking of podcasts, we're recording one tonight on the TV time machine. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so, so Louise. Yeah. Tell, tell my audience where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on... It's not Twitter anymore, for some fucking reason. It's X now. X! What the hell is that? Uh, X gonna give it to you. you could, it's, it sounds pornographic to me, but whatever. Uh, Seems that way. I'm at the Ponder All Pod uh, on X. <laughs> that sounds so pornographic. <laughs> Stupid. Elon Musk is out of his fucking mind, by the way. Um and then the Ponder All podcast on Spotify, and then Adam Vargas and me, we have our TV Time Machine uh, podcast on Spotify. And 
we got rem- our account got removed on Twitter because I th- I think I might have I might have sort of alluded to Ellen DeGeneres being a bitch and they removed me from the well no here's what they what? Did. I called I called her a bitch they removed me for uh, thirty days <laughs> remember that <laughs> they they reinstated the account and I said never fucking take me off the account again or see what happens Twitter <laughs> completely banned from for life on that. Yeah, they don't like threats. <laughs> <laughs> they they said, no, that's not cool. And you're like, fuck you. Huh? I yeah, dare they you. Like, <laughs> they asked me. They were like, eh. So, but I'm on the, the Ponder All pod. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to keep recording episodes about old TV shows. Um, and yeah, I'll, uh, I think my improv class does have the, the final is recorded. So if it's of any quality, I'll put it up on one of my YouTubes. I also don't want to embarrass myself since I'm just starting out. So good stuff. Keep those creative juices flowing. And if you're, of course, ever in the Washington area, Spokane, you want to come see Gonzaga, uh, by all means, uh, Gonzaga University is right on the road. So you're, I got plenty of room. Come crash. And if I'm ever in, where is it? Sarasota? St. Pete. St. Pete. That's right. St. Petersburg. I should, but my parents are moving back. My parents left Radington in March. Oh, it's El- just south of here. They moved to, to El Paso. Texas. And then my mom said, I don't like it here. I want to move back. And after she convinced my poor dad to move there because all her friends are there. I was like, Ma, you want to move back to Florida? He just left. She's like, yeah, I don't like Texas. It's too dry. I mean, you didn't know that going in? Yeah, Florida's very wet. <laughs> yes. we're, we're a moist state. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's if that was one of the, uh, the, the tourism uh, slogans. The moist state. <laughs> We're moist. God. I doubt that that uh, one final. 11 and a half months out of the year. We're moist. You're very moist. <laughs> oh, that word has got to got to go. Well, this was fun, man. Thank you so much. Um, Thank for you, Louise. Me. And please have a good week. And if you need to ever reach out and chat, divorce stuff, I'm, I'm your guy. We're going to start that foundation. And uh, yeah, I want you to read the script. I'm excited about it. All right. Love you, brother. All right. We'll, we'll Love talk you too, soon, buddy. man. Take care. Have a good week, bud. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Luis Garcia. Please check out his podcasts and uh, give him a follow on X. Uh, and while you're at it, follow me on all the things in the links below and give my sponsors a visit. So, you know. They know I sent you. I don't. I don't know what to say for that. Um, hmm, I'm thinking. Boom! It's over. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino of the Jeff Macalino podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You want to just straight? That's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yep. See you next week.